crazy times, the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another episode of the Heroes of Noise podcast. I am one half of this dynamic duo. My name is Steve. What's happening? My name is Dan, and welcome to episode 115 of Heroes of Noise. We're happy to be with you today. Sincerely happy to be with you today. I don't even know. Steve, how happy are we? Like, you know, one to ten. I am. Here's the thing. I am happy to be on this podcast only because it makes me joyous. It starts my day off with a bidang, and I just and hearing the song again. Isn't it fun? We normally put it. You normally put it in on the after uh, with after editing. Hearing the song, I was like, oh, look at you sharing trade secrets. Go my bad. You know what? No, we always do it live. Yeah. We'll do it live. Remember that? <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy people in the news, but that's another story. You know, I the, the world is burning and I'm feeling good to be talking to you, man. I, I really have. I wonder what you'd be doing all the week because we talk sometimes during the week, but often you're kind of, you're in the, uh, you know, you're in the, the fog. So tell me how your week's been going. Been laying low. Like flow rider. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know. I've just been laying low, dude. I haven't really been doing much of anything this week. Uh, catching up on some things that I needed to watch. Nice. And uh, nice. did a little bit of walking in the hot sun. You know, I don't know what I put on there. Maybe 14 miles. Not a lot. That's it. Are you doing like Cheryl Crow? Uh, uh, every day is a winding road. <laughs> Am I just walking no, around singing that or what? Soak up the sun. Oh, sorry. She's got to. A catalog I celebrate. So I didn't know which one you were going with. <laughs> My bell said that she's like, Oh, you have a thing for Cheryl Crow. I was like, You think? She's like, Oh, you, it's definitely you have a thing for Cheryl Crow. I was like, Oh, well, maybe that's why I like her music so much. I used to when she first came out because that song was shit. And I was like, Yeah, but I'm listening to it. All I want to do, you <laughs> didn't like that? It was okay. It was kind of cheesy. And then she came to the fair and that's when shows were free. So I, I drug Gail to the fair to see, <laughs> dragged, I dragged her, I dragged her to the fair. She was free? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't paying for Cheryl Crow. I just thought she had nice legs. <laughs> so she, I, I, always, I think she has good, like her jaw structure is, like her facial structure is just dope. Do you know how much fun we could have on here if Zencaster will just put in screen sharing so we could start doing that for reference? Um, that uh, we don't, I didn't know that it didn't have screen sharing. It, Yet another yeah. reason that Dan is being critical of this uh, new upstart. Last week was 3.75. Today is 3.50. I think it might be 3.5 today. I, I Look, I mean, you know, not to get too in the weeds, but when I get into, when I look up the Reddit or the Reddit thread, I mean, a lot of people, I think the, the death nail is the losing episodes, which happens anyway. It won't happen in logic, but a lot of people can't afford logic. That's not fair. But yeah, people have lost episodes. I'm like, oh, man. Lose an episode is a beast. I actually run a background one. Like it might not come out as good. It'll just come out all in one track, everything. But I yeah. do have like a backup going in the background. Yeah, I, d- I don't. <laughs> oh, but you, you, it doesn't matter for you. You don't care. I've got everything. I've got the, the full mix. So ho- oh, no, hopefully yeah, we're like mixed properly. You're good. Otherwise, it's just going to be a shit track. Who cares? Hi, everyone. Hello, everyone. How's, um, how's the, the daughter's uh, new job? You know, she... <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> she came home. She was running uh-huh. all day. They had her doing mobile orders. 
she works in the of fast course. food business now. She's in the yes. fast food biz. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she was doing the mobile orders where people do it from their app and then she runs out to them. Well, it was about yes. 90, almost 100 yesterday, I think. Oh, I think it was around 100. She wasn't used to it. She's done marching band and stuff. But, you know, I think she I think it was a combination of nerves because she's a nervous person like her dad. And then just being in the heat. But when I picked her up, I should show you a picture. I should send you a picture of how she looked when I picked her up. She was like so grouchy. She liked the job and I know she's going to get used to it, but I think yeah. it was like her first hard days, honest, like an honest day's work, but where she was getting paid. Yeah. And it kind of, kind of rocked her a little bit. She has to go back tonight. She's working until nine. You know who she's going to work with? Oh, Jeffrey. Yep. <laughs> I mean, they're in two different parts of the place, but, uh, I told him he, yesterday that hey, he'll man, know reach who, out. Oh yeah, she'll he'll he'll. I mean, you look like her, so yeah. Well, they all have masks on. Oh, is that right? That's a yeah, good that, thing. And Jeffrey's like, well, I don't know if I'm gonna recognize her because everyone has a mask on. I go, bro, don't worry, I got you covered. There's this beautiful thing that they call name tags that you just. That's have to, actually smart. <laughs> just, or just you can just go with it. a brand new person that you've never seen before. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> By process, the process of elimination, <laughs> Jeffrey going to figure it out. <laughs> Jeffrey. Oh, Jeffrey. Always thinking, Jeffrey. I got a question for you, dude. It was What's bothering that? me last night on a, on a, on a run. Uh-huh. What is a bigger, okay, what do you think is the bigger tagline or has infiltrated our society more? Avengers assemble? Mm-hmm. Or what's in the box? I think that what's in the box. I don't know, man. That's a lot of people say it. A lot of people say it. Like you could be at work and someone could be delivering some stuff. And there's always going to be that one ass clown. Like what's in the box? Yes. And we know what he's talking about. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go with what's in the box. Really? Yeah. Because you don't hear your 60 year old homie going Avengers. That's true. Even though it's the highest grossing movie of all time, yeah. way more than seven. Yeah, but also because there's a bunch of nerds like us that saw it like 900 times in that's the theater. True, dude. And still watch. And we're action. going for like actually breaking the record. Like that shit yeah. wouldn't have happened if people weren't behind breaking the record. No, that, that's I truly true. believe that. That's true. But because even I put it, in yeah. time myself to help it break the record, you know? It deserved it. And but it would it would have never gotten, I mean, like seven would have never had a chance regardless. So that I was thinking, I was like, okay, well then technically more people heard Avengers Assemble. It's just what's in the box was such a, it was a moment that changed us all in the theater. <laughs> we were like, oh, this movie went, wow. Okay. Like, why did it do that? <laughs> yes. We were all kind of, seven was a moment. We all were like, well, I guess movies can do that. Okay, I didn't, I didn't, that was an intro, but yeah, I was thinking, I was like, what's in the box is very, I mean, it is, I think people who've never seen the movie might have heard that quote, though, what's in the box? Her pretty head. Holy crap, dude. Did I just do a spoiler? I don't, I mean, for seven, if you haven't seen seven, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And even then, it's worth seeing. Because that shit came out in the, was it the 90s? Yes. And yeah, I never noticed that there was a strand of hair falling out of the box. Oh, I got to go back and look. Yeah, I just watched that. When did I watch that? Uh, last year. That's a great movie, dude. That's a, They almost made a, a sequel. You know what? Sure, I'm going to be controversial. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. 
Do you have like an eh, eh, eh situation on that thing? <laughs> no, nothing An like air that. horn for nuclear fallout? Do you have anything? Oh, I, oh that is not it, Steve. That's that was it, not yeah. it, what I was I'm going to be controversial. That's Everybody <laughs> agree. <laughs> I, had to turn down the, I had to turn down the game. I was playing around. I'm trying to figure out a way to work some MIDI into the show. And so I had everything up very loud. So that blasts out your ears. I apologize. That's okay. Let's see. Uh, all right. I got a controversial statement. Oh, there we go. You ready? Yes. Fighting words. I don't think Brad Pitt's that good in that movie. Damn. Hear me out. He's good in the movie. Uh-huh. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. But when you really think about it, if you watch, when's the last time you saw that movie? Probably last year. Okay. So we're about the same. Yes. He's just doing his Brad Pitt thing in that movie. And I know that's like, yeah, well, of course, fucker. He's Brad Pitt. But at the same time, Oh, man. He, sometimes I don't think he's all that great. Damn. Like he's a nutbag. You know that? Guy? Yes, that's so good. He's a nut, <laughs> dude. That is freaking. And then how he's struggling of where to shoot the dude at the end. Yeah, that was good. Okay, Holy all right, God. I'll take it back. But what I'm trying to say is, I see you, Brad Pitt. I know you're just doing this thing. Like I think it's like uh, he just pulls it out. Like I'm gonna go ahead and use um, persona number three for this. Well, then like, he's not great. He's not breaking new ground every time. Okay, well then. Tom what was Hanks. his name in um in uh, Once Upon a Time? In Hollywood, uh, Cliff. Yeah, that's it. Great role, but he's still just doing the Brad Pitt thing. Same with Tom Hanks, then. Okay, I'll buy it. But would you say Tom Hanks is kind of overrated? No. <laughs> no, but you know what? I know this a long time ago, but I don't see Pitt doing any kind of Forrest Gump shit. You know what I mean? Oh, you know he did do. For- oh wait. Don't say Benjamin Button. Twelve Monkeys. Oh, yeah, he was pretty crazy in that Yeah, part. dude. All I'm saying is, dude, and then we'll just get off the topic, I think that his looks get him a little bit further. Even oh, still. Oh, dude, come on. Yeah. He's a beautiful I mean, man. He's a beautiful man. Yeah, so yes, yes, his looks definitely, I mean, after the interview with a vampire, I was like, oh, wow, that dude, Um, he's an actor, in my in my opinion. He was, when you can go toe-to-toe with Tom Cruise, you're an actor, dude. That's when I knew. The controversial Tom Cruise. I, you know, I should have, I, then when you go, I mean, I think the biggest toe-to-toe you ever, well, no, he never had a movie with Denzel. So it's probably Leonardo DiCaprio is probably the most toe-to-toe he's had to go with. And I want to see Leonardo and Denzel. Dude, that we could, I, I don't think the screen could handle that. The I want to go back in time. Uh-huh. And and I want to put Leonardo DiCaprio uh-huh. in place of Ethan Hawke and see Training Day. Oh, dude. Come on. Come on. Oh, you know it would be dude. a better movie. I don't think so. I think Ethan Hawke was the only one that could have done that part. You're crazy. Yeah, Ethan Hawke. I mean, not Ethan Hawke. Yeah, Ethan Hawke. He's the only one that could have done that part. He was perfect. Like, Leonardo would have looked too good to be a first day traitor on the freaking LAPD. <laughs> Like, come on. What are you doing here? Ethan Hart looks like he could have been. I believed it. Let's go back to Wolf of Wall Street then. Okay. He played a part where he was green, kind of didn't know what he was doing, and he then he became somebody else. Because you knew he was going to become that later. Ah, uh, no, I'm not buying it. I think he could do it. He's too handsome to do normal stuff. You can't just be a, oh, I'm just this bumbling. No, you can't. No, no, dude. No, stop it. Okay. You have to be a, I mean, he played a movie star in Once Upon a I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Because, yeah, he looks like one. Totally. I'm sticking with what I said. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. With, you're talking about you're sticking with the Brad Pitt thing. 
No, I'm saying that Leonardo DiCaprio could actually be better than Ethan Hawke. If you were able to do that little scenario that I just created, he would be better. Yeah. The movie would be better. Oh, damn. Sorry. It's the truth. Okay, we're going to put it in the group because that's just – that is astronomical. I'm just putting it out there, folks. I'm telling you that's the way it would be. Speaking of putting it in the group, how would they get a hold of us, Dan? It's funny you should ask, Steve. You caught me looking for something, so hold up a second. <laughs> Are you, I thought you were going to make a beat for us. I don't, right now, I can't. <laughs> You're going to ask me to make a beat and talk, and I don't even know how to use my equipment? Are you insane? Gonna, you could have busted it. You could have made like the contact information rhyme. I'll do it over you beatboxing. <laughs> What's wrong? You can't Very do it? Fun. Well, no, because the, the- Can you beatbox? I have to beatbox in order to make beats. Let me, let me hear. I'm not going to beatbox. Come on. No, I'm not going to Just a little box. something. No. Throw it out. <laughs> Give me like just, just a few. Yeah, just a few measures. Let's see what you that's, got. That's, that's literally not going to happen, Dan. Come on. I, what I will do, though, is I'll beatbox for you, and then you could put it into a sample and make something over it for the contact information. Nah. Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. All right. Hey, let's you sound it. good today, dude. Hey, I do sound good, and I'm going to go ahead and say something to you right now. You want to get a hold of the show? Hit us up at heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, that is heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. My name is Dan Ramirez, and you can reach me at DanQPublic. You can reach Steve at SE underscore Hudson Music, and you can reach the show. Now, we're talking about Twitter, of course. You can reach us on Twitter, the whole show, the whole shebang, the enchilada, if you will, at Heroes of Noise, okay? At Heroes of Noise. That's where you go. Follow us. We'd appreciate it. Then you can go over to www.heroesofnoise.com, and then you can just do all that shit all over again. You can follow us. You can see our friend shows. You can pick up some merch if you want. Uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes and other platforms. That's what it's there for, okay? You can check out our new logo, which I'll talk about in just a second. And I haven't done this yet, but I probably should. I'm going to put a link to the Heroes of Noise podcast community. A bunch of good people there. I promise you. Good people. We do not accept assholes. We'll just cancel you out. Seriously. That's how it works. Sorry, I'm not making it very pleasant. Back to the show. Steve. So every once in a while, in the great words of Christopher Cross, we get a listener that is so ridiculously talented, like crazy talented. So the other week, we already talked about last week how we got that new logo symbol, right? Yes. Not everyone knew this, though. Freaking Rob Forrest, man. You should be on the, why weren't you on the Avengers set? That's what you should just be doing for life. Be on the Avengers set, making stuff in the background, doing whatever you do. I mean, he made this amazing freaking logo. And Dan, what did you end up doing with that logo? Well, I did a couple of things. I actually changed out. Now, how do you feel about this, Steve? I think I'm going to kill the old logo. I think this should be our new logo. I agree. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of hurt. But I had to get over my own pride that that was just something that I made on the fly. I was never 100% satisfied with it. And I always kind of envisioned envisioned i envisioned that's what i should say uh, you know looking a little bit more professional mm-hmm. dude bob roris man you came through bro what can i, I say mean, dude listen and you know i'm glad that you were able to get over that because i look the thing is you know me i like everything so i would have been like hey do it all but i know that you guys have a better you and rob have a better eye for graphics and stuff and when you sent me that dude I was like, oh my gosh, this thing looks freaking incredible. Y'all got to see it. Everyone's Y'all like, got to see it. just bought an old fucking t-shirt. Now you're changing the logo. <laughs> it's, but the thing is, now they have a vintage. Yes, that's right. Now you have a collector's item. Dude, listen. Listen. 
Keep your collector's item. You never know how much they're going to go for eBay later on. When we blow up, Shuei! You're so going to make them. a mint, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, I tell you, you are, you are from freaking old school New York. You ever so often bust out those old. I got to say, I got to tell you, kid. Here's the thing, man. Rob, I know you probably, you and Dan, think that this is a, oh, no big deal. If you gave me, if you walked me pace by pace on how to make that logo, it would not have come anywhere near what you did. Dude, incredible. Thank you so much. It looks incredible. I really like it a lot, Rob, for real. I told you that, but I wanted to put it out there for the people to know that I like this man's work. Hit him up. Give him some business. Oh, for sure. And also, I don't know if I should be I should be telling you this, but Dan has some abilities too. Dan, you want to talk about what you do so well? What have you been watching me do? Dan, you know what I'm talking about. Just tell him that you, you're an audio editor. Oh, oh, no, I don't want to hold myself out right now. We have a limited show today. But I'm saying you could just say real quick. Hit I edit up. podcasts. Hit me there up. There we go. Done. There we go. That's I haven't thought of a name yet, though. Like, you know, for the business. I was thinking about... Dan Ramir, Ramir. Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah, let's do it later. Dan Ramir resolution. Because you're kind of no. It's kind of a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick though, Rob. So, so Rob's designs, our new logo. He gave us two different ones. Actually, he gave us three. One's for the podcast community. That's just a header. It's not just a header. It's an incredible header. But so we have our regular logo now, which is the one you guys are going to be seeing when you download our show. It's going to be the cityscape. It's got the new. I don't want to call it a bat logo, but let's face it. It looks like a bat logo with an audio wave. That's, that's the one that you're going to see every time you download. But then there's another one that we're using. This one is for shirts. And I think it looks, well, it does. It looks like the Batman 89. It's a mock-up. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's a play on the Batman 89 and it looks fucking fantastic. And that is available. You can buy those shirts. Like uh, just go to our shop, go to www.hearsnoise.com. Buy a shirt. Check it out at least. I mean, shit, he worked hard on it. You know, yes. you don't want to buy it. That's cool. I don't care. But at least go check out his work because it's dope. All right. He, back he's to the so show. Good. So, yeah, back to the show. But thank you, Fob Roarist. You are the man or woman or they or them, whichever what? one you classify as. You are the Fob Roarist guy. Now, he's a man. Okay. He is. Okay. You're so, saying he is. Uh, no, I'm saying. I Okay. I, okay. You, I mean, you know. You, apparently, I, I have, you know. I, I, unlike you, have contact with him is what I'm saying, Steve. How do you know we don't be having conversations, bro? You're Steve Hudson. And have you? <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm just fucking with you. No, I haven't. But- I, knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I knew Steve. You know, it's funny uh, on, on Twitter. Um, our boy. Uh, what does he go by? I forgot what he goes by. And I don't want to say his real name. Anyway. Our with a K? Mutual- yes. And I don't want to say, I don't want to say his real name. You know what? He doesn't mind, Kevin. He doesn't He's mind. been on the show. Yeah, that's true. So Kevin, uh, he, he, I didn't know that I said, uh, I didn't know that I said he put out something saying, uh, "You get that email I sent you." I was like, "You just sent me an email," and he said, "I totally did." He was like, "Oh, that I totally." W-. I don't remember even saying that because I read it. I was like, "Did that happen on our show?" Oh yeah. Then you said uh, that you totally did. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I was like, I don't remember that. That is some Steve Hudson <laughs> shit right there. Classic Steve Hudson. But right that little brief caption, I was like, that is Dan and mine's relationship. That little brief thing is about how it encompasses. You are always on top of things. That's what she said. Okay. But me, I kind of just, I, I'm like, you know, if, if, let me tell you guys something. If Dan, Dan does so much for the podcast that you guys don't even know. Edits, make sure the levels are up. 
he just he's a destruction zone. If you have something you need done, he will make sure to do it. So please hit him up. I'm your Huckleberry. Hey, speaking of email, we did get one. Actually, we didn't. I always say that. Speaking of email, it's a voicemail. Someone was kind enough to leave us a voicemail. I think I might know who it is, and and I don't really know how long he's been listening, but I feel he might be a newer listener. Name is Mike. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, guys. This is Mike in Boise. Just want to say I think you guys are excellent. You've had excellent guests, excellent topics, all around excellent show. Keep up the good work. Love y'all. Peace. Peace. Love you too, Mike. Look at those dulcet tones right there. Yo, shit. This dude needs to come on, man. He's like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing, Mike? Hey, I'm Mike. Yo, shit. You know what's funny? Him and Bucks should just read the the telephone book and have women going crazy. (laughs) Page six. Yeah, this is Mike's aardvark advertisement. Andrew's <laughs> comma, Steve. Area code 559 <laughs> Did you ever watch, um, li- not Liquid Television. Was it Liquid Television back on MTV? Uh, it, 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 it rings a bell. Liquid Television. There used to be that one guy that would send those weird postcards. It's like, dear mom. Do you remember that? I did not. I, it might have been a little. What, what year was that? A little before your time, perhaps. Maybe. I think I was probably watching. You can't do that on television at that time. Mm, did you watch the Max on Liquid Television? No. Yeah, you missed out on that, dude. Anyway, let's not uh, Liquid Television. Let's not tread on this ground. Liquid what? Television. I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. Had Eon Flux on it or Aeon Flux. Oh, you're talking. No, that was was that Liquid Television. I thought it was Liquid Television. I remember Eon Flux. You know what? This is what I get for not taking notes on something. But anyway, let's continue, Steve. That is totally good. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and Mike, thank you for the voicemail, by the way, man. Thank you yes, very much dude, for the kind are, words. Thank you so much. Yes, We're glad you're listening. And anytime, send a voicemail. Those, those, that, that tone, man, you're killing right now. You're killing. Hey, real um, quick. Just really yes. quick, and then we'll get off the banter and just kind of get into what we're doing. Have you ever sold anything on Craigslist or more specifically Facebook Marketplace? Negatory. Bro? I would go Facebook before Craigslist. Oh, it's not any better. <laughs> it's really not. I've been trying to sell a television and people are just the worst. They go, how much do you want for television? I want this much for the television. And notice I didn't put the in there because they can't ever, like they can never just do a full sentence. It's just how much for television. Oh yeah, for sure. They're texting. Right? And, uh, and I don't even think it's a matter of like a language barrier. I just think these people are just, they're they just, a, a, they're lovely. They're lovely people. Anyway, I'll be like, I want X amount of dollars for this. And I don't want anything low. They'll go, how much, like, how, what's the lowest you'll go? And I'll be like, I want, you know, I will go this much and nothing lower. And then they will actually go, okay, how about $200 less than the asking price of what you yeah, just gave for me? Sure, for sure. Like, did we, did we, did we miss out on the communication part? I don't understand. Is there like a weird synapse that's not firing? I don't understand it. I really don't. And it's very well, frustrating. I think the thing, and you didn't put OBO. You just said, this is how much I want. Yeah. I would just, do you need to get rid of this t- TV? Mm-hmm. You have to. I don't have to, but I want to. Well, then I would just say, just no. But like, how much would you? What's the oh, yeah, yeah, get? yeah. Of course. I'm just be like telling people that left and right. Like yeah, that one, I go, <laughs> that one, I'm like, and I know it probably came off rude. I didn't mean it that way. But like, I literally just told you that I wouldn't go any lower than this. That's it. Then I got a ha ha. Okay. And a thumbs up. 
You know what though? You're all you need is one bite. They could just go under anybody's. But this, how would you take this? Would you take this? And someone's gonna be like, "Fine, take it," and they're gonna get it. Yeah, I, I get it, but it would get annoying for you being like, number one, it's a nice item you're selling, and so you're gonna get a lot of low ballers. I would. I mean, you told me you had somebody that's gonna pay the whole thing. I would just hold out for that, dude. Oh, I think I'm going to because as we were getting set up to record, another person hit me up and they said, "How about?" $50 less than what you asked. And I went, you know what? Sure. I'm a nice guy. Why not? Yeah. And then I, wrote, and then, and then I said, yeah. okay. And he has not responded since. <laughs> it's just, I don't get it. Okay. I would just, and you if, watch, you know how like on messenger, you can actually watch the little profile drop oh, down. Yeah, so you sure. know, they've read it for sure. But I agreed to his price. And then he just left me hanging. I don't understand. It's very, it's just very frustrating, Steve. I don't like Why, people that, that much to begin with. Now I have to have them near me by my house, in my house. Is there a reason you're getting rid of this thing? Yeah, I don't have room for it. And I want to uh, use that money for something else. Look at this guy right here, man. Got, ain't got room. I want a voice modulator. Do you really? <laughs> yeah, I do. Are you kidding me? Or are you I'm serious? not kidding. I want a voice modulator. Is there a reason? Yeah. What? And we'll hear, and, and the listeners will eventually hear it. That's gonna you. You don't want to just get a. You don't want to get a digital like a, a one that's on the computer. I want one that I could incorporate right now into the show. I know. So that the best idea would be to get uh, an actual digital one on your computer that you download. Because then you can incorporate. Like, we're getting it back to like the nerdy oh, stuff. Okay. Of it. I'm just mind. no. I'm yeah. just saying that it's. I appreciate that, and I'll take that information from you. I just don't know how to make that work. I have an idea of what I want to do, but unfortunately, it's making my desk and my my workspace look like a mad scientist lab right now. I've got MIDI keyboard well it looks like a studio really but i just don't have yes you don't yeah and it's kind of dope actually i should be proud of it i just don't have the room well here's the thing you know how you can get uh uh uh, you could do that garage thing but we're not going to talk about that right now later we'll talk about that later because we have stuff that we've watched Yes, we do and also patreon's back up yes pay thank you steve patreon is back up someone's reading the notes you know who isn't me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm proud of you thank you for that Yeah, we came back up on Saturday, everybody. Patreon is back. And thank you all for following us and still supporting us. We really appreciate it. For the people that don't have Patreon, I'm going to throw this out there. Maybe it's something you want to hear. Maybe it's just in the past. It's not that big of a deal. I assure you it's really not that big of a deal. However, if you are curious about what transpired on episode 113 at the end of the show where Steve and I got a little tense, we talk about that on that show. So you are more than welcome to go ahead and just, uh, you know, subscribe, become a patron, enjoy the fun. Depending on your tier, you're going to get some swag. I'm, I feel like I'm just, I feel like a, a used car salesman today, Steve. I feel like I'm selling too much today. Well, you know what? Today you have a lot on your plate. There's a lot on my plate. Yeah, there's a lot on your plate today. And, and I, number one, I appreciate you recording anyway, even though your plate is fairly full. Yeah. I appreciate you recording anyway. Yeah. I appreciate you not working with me and doing <laughs> it on a day that would be more convenient. <laughs> You know, being that the weekend's coming and all, that's cool, Steve. I love you. I mean, here's the thing. I think, you know, the, the hard The reason that you're going to get a half an hour less show, Steve Hudson, thank you very much. But the thing is, the half an hour is going to be so great. That's what I do. When they're like, oh, I'm only going to get five <laughs> minutes. I'm like, yeah, but the five minutes though. The five minutes is going to be crazy. You know what it is? Not- I just feel like I want to keep going like harder every time. That's what she said. And I feel, stop it. Just stop. You're making Brian's balls shrivel up right now if he's still listening. Because he hates that shit. And I know it's our show. I'm just saying he does. And I love it. So we're going to keep on doing it. But at least make them worth something, Steve. You're just that throwing was, out low-hanging fruit. That was, you kind of, 
And but you admit low it, hanging, much like, like these talk. balls. Hey, oh, hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we rallied the A's and O's. I love it. Remember that joke you told a long time ago? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone does, Steve. <laughs> I still laugh at that sometimes at work. It was so out of left field. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That, okay, anyway. Let's stop anyway. blowing ourselves. Oh, here. check this out. Um, are you going to ever drop our super argument one? On the Patreon, I'm working on that. That's going to be Patreon only. But so, if you ever want to hear like the the, uh, it's not out yet, but it's coming. The only other time that Steve and I have ever gotten heated with each other, I'm going to put that out there too. It's kind of not the best show, but that's why we get heated at the end. It's interesting, I think. I think I'm going to go back and I'll tell you this: if it's not interesting, I'll scrap the whole thing. Fair enough. They said fair enough, Steve. It's going to be interesting. Dude. Yeah, I assure you. Yeah, I assure you. You want to hear a couple of assholes fighting with each other? That's the show. <laughs> And we've grown. We've grown because like we actually people care now. People wrote in that time. <laughs> this last time. Holy uh, last time. They didn't write in they wouldn't, like, Well, they, they couldn't have written in because they've never heard it, you know? Sorry, I'm fighting back a burp if I'm being real with y'all. And uh but had they heard it, I bet you they wouldn't have written anything in. They I mean, look. Because they'd have been like, who are these two ass clowns? We were that's were true. we even the heroes of noise yet? I don't think we were. We were still the word. Yeah, we were. That was like a demo. Oh, it was, huh? That's right. That's yeah, right. We Maybe were like show two. It's probably like our second show that we scrapped. It, it, and it might not be as bad as I'm thinking. It might have just been like a nothing. I feel the same way. Maybe it's not that bad. But anyway, but, we'll put that yeah. out there too. Because For you know sure. what? We're putting it all out there now. Yeah, why not? We're now, cleaning here, house. And here's the thing. During the course of the week, like I said before, Dan is in a fog. And so when he's in, like, in, in, he's in the, in the, in the ether. COVID bubble. Like, he must be watching a billion things. So Dan, what billion things are you watching? When you're not talking to your friend. I watched a few. watched a few things. Not a billion, yeah. Steve. I don't like to speak in hyperbole. I watched a few things. And I, I don't appreciate that you. That you deciding to talk about today. You've watched more than this. No, honestly, this is about it. Now, the rest of the time, as most people know that are following me, I'm yelling at the internet. But the stuff that I did watch, <laughs> let's start off with something that we, I think we both watched this because yes. you were the one that posted about it. Mm-hmm. I think. No, you didn't post about it, but you commented on it. Uh, what did you think of the Bill and Ted Face the Music trailer? I didn't. I didn't watch the trailer. You commented on it. You didn't watch it. But that's one of the few movies that I'm not spoiling for myself. God damn it! I just said it looks amazing because does it though? We have, we have Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. and we got my and home. Alex Winter. Who? <laughs> and here's the thing. I think that's his name. It can't get. It can't be bad. It can't be. Uh, I think it totally could. To be oh, honest damn. with you, having a conversation with our friend Kevin what? last night about it. I'm not going to just buy it. Like, I'm going to be real with you. If you watch that trailer right now, in fact, I almost implore you to on your phone just so you can see what I'm talking about. Because trust me, you're not going to. There's nothing on that trailer that's going to make you go, shit, I watched it. I promise you that. I think you should watch it because to me and to our good friend, Kevin, Keanu is just phoning it in, dude. He doesn't want to be there. This is, you know what this is? It's Keanu going, you know, I've been a good guy my whole life. and Alex has been sitting there, like, just sitting on this project for, like, over 20 years. What a poor, pathetic bastard. So you know what I'm going to do now that I'm on top of the world? I'm going to make this movie with them. Because you know what? If I stopped making movies, like, today, I would be perfectly fine. He would be. He Mm -hmm. would be. That's what I'm saying. This is He's throwing Alex Winter a bone. 
I, I'm I sorry. Think, it's the truth. I know people are like, fuck you. It's going to be a great movie. Nah, it's going to be an okay movie. I think there's going to be some funny parts in it. I don't think we're going to remember this movie much like we remember the other ones because we're not that age anymore. And I think that unfortunately the perils of age is going to kick in and we're going to be like, eh, it was cool. I appreciate what they were doing, but yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Here's what I will tell you. It's going to be better than Aquaman. Oh, well, come on. I'm, I'm saying we paid money for that thing. Yeah. I'm saying it's going to be better than Aquaman. Hold on real quick. Real quick. All I got to do is. Get funky. Real professional, Steve. All right. Leaving the microphone. Real professional. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be better than Aquaman. And we paid money to see Aquaman. And we'll probably pay money for this one. It's going to be fantastic. No, okay. okay wait, let me, let me chill back. On a fantastic. level of one to 10 mm-hmm. or one to five. Let's go one to five to keep it, you know, all right. familiar. I I guarantee it's going to be in my brain. I hope I don't, I don't, I hope I don't regret this. What's in your brain, Steve? It's going to be a 2.5. So you're saying that this movie is going to be half perfect. It, it's going to be half, like it's going to be a run-of-the-mill good movie. Because according to your definition, whenever I give a 2.5, it's always, so it's half perfect. That's what you're saying. I don't say half perfect. I'm yes, like, so you it's do. good. I don't make good. me go back and find, you know what? Now we have people that are taking notes. Soon I'll be able to just pull shit up and be like, see, this is what you said. Well, the thing is, I say it's good. Like 2.5 is a good movie. Like, that's right down the middle. But like, oh, you walked up and like, I'm glad I paid that money. Mm. I will walk out of that movie saying, I'm glad I paid that money. Okay. I don't want to poo-poo anyone's expectations of this movie, but I'm telling you, I don't have a good feeling about it. I think it's going to be, I'm going to walk out of that movie and be like, okay, that's cool. There it is. But there's a good chance that I might be like, God, that was fucking stupid. Oh, (laughs) Dan, I don't think that's going to be true. I don't think that's going to happen. Whoa, we're 50 years old now. Whoa. I, I don't know, dude. I don't know, <laughs> but I will well, say this. It's got huh. Sam. Uh, is it Samara? I get confused because of Steven. Samara Steven Weedon? Samara. I think it's, it's Samara with her, if I'm not mistaken. Samara. Weedon. Is it? I is think. It so, it's Maybe it's just Sam- Samara. Maybe it's all the same, but Samara Weaving from Ready or Not's in this movie. That's so girl right that there. alone makes me yep. want to go see this movie. She was so good in Ready or Not. But yeah, I think it's going to, who's directing it? I have no clue. I really haven't given it any time. I just don't. I don't know. I think it's going to be good, dude. I think I think you and Kevin are going to be very regretful. Hey, I uh-huh. always own up to my mistakes when I'm wrong. I always own up. So if that's the case, I will eat my words. I just, I'm thinking that this movie is just going to be, eh. And you know what I think? I think you're yeah. stubborn enough to where even if you don't like it that much, you will argue for it. Just so I will right. not. I will actually, I will, I will be so disappointed. You're going to be able to see it. You're going to be like, oh, Steve's not going to have a good day today. I, I seriously have a, like, a, I know I'm going to laugh. Just from some of the things that you see on the trailer, I know I'm going to laugh at some point. It's just a matter of how hard and for how long. I think I'm going to, uh, I got to rewatch both. Bogus and excellent. I got to rewatch both of them just to catch up. What happens if you watch Bogus? When's the last time you saw those? Oh, dude, when they came out. Okay, so what happens if you turn these movies on and you're like, oh God, what have I done? Because that happens sometimes. I'll be very worried. That happens sometimes, man. Yes. You're not the same person you were, was it 25 years ago, whatever that was. That's true. And the thing is, I understood the movie more because I was living in San Luis. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I see these people every day. (laughs) I think they're going to do, I think they're also going to play some, like they're going to joke off of some of the stuff that they've done in the past. And and I got this one part, excuse me. I saw this one part in the trailer where it's like, they say something like be excellent to each other or whatever they used to say. And then they like look at each other like, oh, that's not working anymore. So I could see that kind of being funny. Like that's if they can do funny. that and start growing up or something or, or 
it's not like I want them to grow up and just not be funny. You know what I'm saying? But if they can work that into where they're like, oh, God, we were stupid. And and now we have to like be better for our daughters because that's who uh, Sam- Samara Weaving is. She's one of their daughters. I think it's Alec Winter's daughter, which is Bill, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Here's the funny part. Have you seen that interview where that um, interviewer mislabeled Keanu? As yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, like, no, and no, you know, I'm Ted. Dude, how good. And he took it all in stride. He's like, oh, you just lost all your cred. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, he, I could tell Keanu is such a, he doesn't take it seriously. He's like, it's fine. He forgot, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to mess with him for a yeah, while. He's going to notice. Great. Yeah. And that poor person felt, you could just watch them crumble. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. But he knew, I was, I love that Keanu thought it was hilarious because he, I think he thinks the whole thing is just, ridiculous this whole thing is ridiculous to him he's like yeah it's 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 but um i i am looking forward to it i think that i'm almost sure they're gonna have a a joke where they do the guitar thing oh of course and people look at them in like they don't hear anything they're like what are they doing it's gonna go to them and it's gonna be like muted yeah that's what i'm getting at they're gonna all the things that they've done in the last two movies some of them are gonna be played off as jokes this time like yes didn't really work or what exactly you doing there boys or something to that effect now do you think one of them's gonna be like super duper successful in the movie somehow Uh, randomly being that i saw the trailer it doesn't sound like it at least as far as wild stallion goes because that's what i was thinking i would have loved if he was a multi-billionaire and they play on the fact that yeah idiots are billionaires it's that easy to be one. These morons are running these companies. They didn't go that direction, which is fine. But you know, they were just totally fine. I thought that's maybe where they were going, where one is broke and the other one is rich. I just know Wild Stallion. They're like, you know, 25 years ago, you played a concert that changed the world. And just two weeks ago, you played in Barstow, California for like 26 people or something like that. So like Wild Stallion might be not so successful, but maybe it's not so successful because they grew up. Doesn't sound like it, though, because they're still going, whoa, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with this movie. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm looking. And I, I noticed that Barstow mm-hmm. um, is like the new Fresno. Like, people don't make fun of Fresno anymore. Damn right they don't. I've heard like a few different shows talk about what are you going to do, live in Barstow? And I'm like, oh, they turned into us. <laughs> because I think it's because Silicon Valley is coming out here. So they're like, hey, keep our name out of your mouth. <laughs> but out, Barstow, I don't know if Silicon Valley is going out there yet. People should yeah. stop hating on Fresno. Fresno's a nice place. It's not the best. I love Fresno. I love Fresno. It's a great place to raise your family. So fuck all of it. I wrote a song called Fresno is the best place to live, and I would hate to live anywhere else but Fresno. That's a really long title. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to market that one? Is it, <laughs> when it's playing across an iPhone, they're only going to see the first part of that. It'll only scroll so far. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Steve. Hey, buddy, can I ask a question real quick for yes, you? Make you a request. That is so funny. So you know how I put it in the notes that the trailer dropped for Bill and Ted Face the Music? Affirmative. So I pretty much was expecting, since we were, you know, stuff we talked about, that you would watch that. So uh-huh. can you do me a kindness next time and maybe follow, you know, play along? For sure. Thanks, bud. Ready? Appreciate it. I totally watched that trailer. Stop it. That Steve Hudson shit's not working with me anymore. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, mean, I thought you were going to- Save that shit for Kevin. Okay. Oh, so when you put in the notes, check out trailer for Bill and Ted's, you want me. Yes. Oh, now you're getting it, bud. (laughs) Picking up what I'm putting down. (laughs) 
really proud of you right now. <laughs> Let's just keep that momentum going and we're going to be okay. That is so funny. Jim. Several days ago, he's like texting me a little more aggressively than you normally do. Kind of like, like I'm going, Steve's hungry. Steve's hungry for some podcast action right now. So he's like, we need to do this. We should do this. I, I think what you said earlier when I forgot that I said it was, we're, that's the right direction we should go. And then you did an about face, buddy. I, on one part, yeah. I didn't I didn't realize I'm like, because I don't want to really, gee, this is one of my movies I'm really looking forward to. It's a fucking Bill and Ted movie. You can watch the trailer. Okay, number one, I was also, like, I'm a huge fan of, uh, as you know, I mm-hmm. on with one of our guests, I was quoting, um, uh, what you call it? Um, that is a shame. Uh, what you Macaulay? No, uh, excellent. Oh, uh, uh, Wayne and Garth. Yeah, uh, I was yeah. right there. Part of time, excellent. Yes. Yeah, we, we but I was. Th- those are my sort of movies, and this one I was looking forward. It's kind of bumming me out because most people online are not buying it. I was like, "What is happening to the world that we're not ready for a Bill and Ted? Like, we must be in a really. I mean, we are in a really dark place." Yeah. When when people aren't excited for this, I'm I just overjoyed. think it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. There are a lot of people that are going to disagree with me. I can already I'll tell people that. going, this is going to be awesome. And I, I, I hope it is for you guys because I can tell you're genuinely excited about this. Some of you have talked about it on your podcast. You cannot wait for this movie. Some of you have been talking about it for years and you cannot, you just cannot wait for this movie. And for that alone, I really, really hope this movie is everything that you've expected, everything that you've hoped for. And I'm not really, I'm not trying to be a dick about it. I just, I don't know, man. I'm less than thrilled. I'm less than I thrilled. I totally understand. All right, so Dan, that is not the only thing you watched this week. What else you got? Well, buddy, we watched one, not, not together, but we both watched this movie. I don't know how, like, maybe we should just make our reviews a little bit shorter so we can get through some of this stuff. Yes. But uh, let's talk about Just Mercy. Holy cow. Because I know you watched it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, this movie, Warner Brothers has made it available for free on streaming yes. platforms. So Apple TV, uh, Vudu, Movies Anywhere, I believe. Any place that you can actually download a movie, purchase a movie, you can get this movie for free. You can rent it for free. I personally chose to buy this movie for three ninety nine because what a bargain. And it's an actually, it's very good. It's a, it's a movie that I think a lot of people should see. The movie we're talking about is Just Mercy. And um, I was moved, to say the least, Steve. Moved. Serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it going. Yeah. World-renowned civil rights defense attorney Brian Stevenson works to free a wrongly condemned death row prisoner. And uh, this movie is directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, and it stars Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Foxx, Brie Larson. Uh, who else is in this movie? That's just off the top of my dome. I got to tell you, like the whole cast is phenomenal. I'm going to say right off the jump that Brie Larson, in my opinion, is way stronger in an independent movie role or maybe a non, like a non-blockbuster kind of movie role. You know what I mean? Summer popcorn movie. That's not her lane. I'm not saying she can't do it. But these movies, something like this or like Room, she is phenomenal in this. And she didn't really do that much. Like she's not even like the best part of the movie or anything. I just wanted to put it out there because I know that I've been a little critical of Brie Larson. Let's talk about who's excellent in this movie. And that's Michael B. Jordan. Also, Jamie Foxx. Also, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Dude, seriously, the whole cast is just even the even like the rotten people in this movie are really good at it. You know? Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is put a Southern accent on, and you're like, oh, you're in. Dude, yeah, but <laughs> Steve, what are your thoughts on this? Maybe give them a little bit more insight on, you know, what you thought about Here's this movie. And- uh, um, Obviously, I'm a fan of Brie Larson since, like, short-term 12, where she was with, like, randomly Lakeith Stanfield. It was like a whole crew of people that ended up being huge, but um, I thought, I didn't, I thought she was almost not unrecognizable, 
She but was, was a little like, bit unrecognizable. Oh, yeah. that is. Br- I knew because I knew the names on the whatever. But uh, let me tell you, the thing is, uh, I knew that uh, I knew that Michael B. Jordan produced this, executive produced this, and I was meaning to see it, but you know, the coronavirus happened because I know uh, Melissa wanted to go see it too. That was my excuse too. It, but it was though. It no, I'm serious. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to sound like an asshole. Like I, that's the reason I didn't go see it. And so I expected a good movie. How Jamie Foxx hasn't been talked about on this part is baffling to me. Yeah. I think he was a transformative character in this movie. I said, oh, Jamie Foxx is acting again. Yeah. He is capable of completely becoming somebody else. Dude. And where it's like, I don't, I know that's Jamie Foxx, but I don't see Jamie Foxx anymore. Literally. It was such a, and everything was believable. I love how he didn't, they didn't do, I'm no spoilers, but. Normally in this movie, a person, uh, a lawyer goes to the jail. Uh, the prisoner looks at him and is like, I believe in you. I love that they didn't do that. I love that it was like reality of, oh, dude, I've done this, been there, got the t-shirt. Yeah. I already, I, I can't. And, and the fact that, you know, this young spry lawyer, which Michael B. Jordan totally looks like, he just feels like he could change the world. And the world kind of tries to slap him down and be like, oh, welcome to the real world. No. This is not how the real world works. And he just would not let that get him. He just wouldn't do it. I loved how he, you know, he comes from Harvard education and then they drop him in the middle of, uh, where was it again? Was it Alabama? It must've been either Alabama. It had to be Alabama. I think it was right? Alabama. Yeah. Drops him in the middle of racist ass Alabama. And he, you could see that he's floored by this. Like I'm sure he's experienced racism in his life just because, you know, systemic racism and how it is these days. But like, even though that was back in, uh, what was it? it this, this movie takes place between 87 and I think 96, if I'm not mistaken. Something like that. 93, maybe. But, you know, you see him come in and he, and he knows that it's out there. But when you start seeing him, like, directly experiencing that shit, like, you could see the look. Like, it changes him even more. You know, it makes him want to fight that much harder for this guy. And oh, fantastic. Dude. There and, are some and, scenes in yeah. this movie that are just so goddamn emotional. Oh, uh, there's a scene, God. which I won't get into, but a scene with a character that involves an electric chair. So obviously you know where it's going, but that particular character, Oh my God, that last scene that he's in and the scene and how the, the prisoners are like, you know, yelling for him and clang, 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 clang. Oh dude. It was so emotional, dude. Like I just, I, I, um, I didn't cry. I'll be honest with you. I didn't cry, but I did get that. I did get that lump though, man. Cause it's just, you know what? It's a, the reason that Warner brothers put this out and I want you, I want to know your take on this, Steve, is that they wanted to, they wanted to put a spotlight on an example of systemic racism. And I think there's yes. a lot of people out there that definitely need a crash course in it, you know? Yes. So I don't know if that, if you feel that was an effective thing to do, but I, um, that's what they did. So that's why this movie is free. They want you to, you know, to, to see through the eyes of someone else that you're not used yes. to seeing the eyes through. I agree. I think um, that's, I think they did a good job. Of that. Yeah. I mean, I think that it was a good thing that they did. So I don't know. I, I I'm kind of like, there's a lot of notes that I have on this one, but I, because of time, I'm going to just yes. say that I think this movie is phenomenal. I think everyone should see this. It's not a happy movie, but it's not a movie that you, it's just beating you down to where you just can't watch it anymore. I think that you should just make some time, get in the right mind frame, be willing to listen and see things from a, an alternative alternative point of view and appreciate what this movie is. I hear it's a great book too. I have not read the book, but uh, this movie touched me and I recommend it for everybody. Personally, I'm going to give this one a four and a half out of five. And I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't know fuck around with like the silly stuff when it's yeah. topics like this. I would say... Um 
One thing I took away from this movie, one of the many things, obviously, other than persistence, go get it. You can do it. We, until very recently, electrocuted people to death. Yeah. Like, we made a chair to electrocute people to death. <laughs> like, know, when I actually thought about that, I was like, dude, what? I know. <laughs> like, it's like, what in the world? I know. It's it's uh, wild because, you know, they were around for a very long time, and, and I've seen movies with it before, but the way yes. that they... It's the process that they did in this one Dude. that really, I've seen it in movies like, uh, and I don't even know if that shit was real, but remember Faces of Death movies? Remember those? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah uh-huh. I, I doubt that was real. But no, it wasn't. Uh, I think the one, the video, they, the one thing they have, pictures that they have is the one, they have one from years ago where like in it's black and white where somebody snuck in a camera and it's a woman and she's kind of shaking, but I don't think anyone's legit had a video. That has been released of someone in an re- electric chair. Yeah. And I'm, I'm cool with that. I am perfectly <laughs> really fine with that. that. No. Knowing that you're, you know, you're getting shaved. You know what's going to happen. You sit down. You're getting strapped in. You're wondering if it's going to hurt. It's like all these things. And you have to lock on to someone. Yeah. And he locked on to Michael B. Jordan. And it's just like, this is just, this is just, and we we're still doing, we're still killing people. The information that they put on the postscript is stuff you really should look at. Look at how many people are found innocent and some people found innocent post-death. Yeah. So just just look that. And it's a, yeah, so I, I will give this movie uh, the same, 4.5 out of 5. Nice, man. I liked it. Seriously, really there's, liked a, there is a, uh, there's a huge message to this movie. I highly recommend not walking back and forth to the kitchen or looking no. on your phone. Give yourself the time to properly watch this movie. It's excellent and I think you'll really enjoy it. Yes, totally. I went, I don't know what happened to my voice right there. I think I really enjoyed it. <laughs> what else you got, bro? <laughs> All right. I just watched this twice, okay? I just watched it twice in a row. So like back in 2011, this book came out and it's called Murder in the Front Row. A book about the Bay Area thrash movement. So we're talking about bands like Metallica. We're talking about bands like, and I'll include Slayer, even though they're from LA. Uh, but it was when when those bands were really popular. Slayer, Exodus, Met- uh, Metallica, Anthrax, Megadeth. Testament, all these bands. And I know people, I know, Steve, I know you're not familiar with a lot of these bands, but they were big bands. And I know that there are people that know what I'm talking about. So that's why I'm talking just to you, just to you, those people. That's who I'm talking to. This is basically a story of how that all came to be and how one band, one person, really, I'm going to give credit to Kirk Hammett. You know, Kirk Hammett, right? Yes. Okay. Kirk Hammett started the band Exodus. Okay. I'm just going to give you this little, little timeline. Starts this band Exodus with a guy named Gary Holt. They form this band and they become like the badasses of the Bay Area. Yes. And what was what was good about them is that this is a time where like it was the 1980s and the rock and roll bands that were popular were bands like Rat and Motley Crue and Bon Jovi, hair metal kind of stuff. That was considered something. I don't know if you ever heard this before, but they call them posers. That's what they yeah. called posers. So if you went into one of those shows, you, I'm not saying I agree with how they handled shit, but like you probably wouldn't come out in the same shape. They just, they just didn't tolerate that shit. They wanted music, something that was representative of them. You know what I mean? Like they wanted like a, like for instance, New York had CBGBs and that's where like the punk scene came to be. They had a whole scene going and really no outlet for it. And this is a time where, you know, you couldn't just get on the internet, put your your music out there. You couldn't, everything was done by tape trading. And they have, they talked about the the people that, that traded these tapes and sent them to people like 
you know, across the country. And then, cause anthrax is from New York or th- yeah, I think it's New York. And, yeah. um, but you know, the Metallica tape was recorded in LA and they put this tape out and it ends up being pretty much their first album. The, the uh, demo was called no life to leather, but that demo just turned the world on its ears. So like Metallica was like the, um, even though Exodus was kind of like the, the original badass, Metallica yeah. just had that little something extra that just, I don't know what it is. And, they, and I agree 100%. They even said it that way. They just had that little something extra that got them a little bit further, made everybody want to get more hungry. But like the bands that people were listening to back then, they, were, they had Iron Maiden, they had Judas Priest, you know, Zeppelin, uh, Black Sabbath, like the, you know, the, the hardcore original shit, not hardcore, yeah. I mean, like literally, but just, you know, the original base of metal. And then, but what was, what was going on overseas, they had bands like Budgie and Diamond Head, this band called Sweet Savage, Thin Lizzy. This is what they were really listening to. This was the, and Motorhead, of course, that, that made them really hungry and they wanted that their own scene basically. So yeah, Kirk Hammett starts this band and then they just start meeting all of the right people and they find, they, they form this family, man. And it's a beautiful story. It's, it's really cool because it's like, you know, how like with a lot of documentaries, I know when you watch a music documentary, you really want to know the technical shit. I think that's what interests you with these, right? You want to know how this was recorded. And yeah, I, see, that's not really how this movie is. It's more about um, like a big family forming and all these bands branching off and how they all became successful and how there was the first wave. Like you had Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, Anthrax. Those were like the main ones in Exodus, of course. And then like after that came a second wave and those were like Death Angel and a band called Violence, another one called uh, Testament, Forbidden. Anyway, that's all like important shit to me because that's how I grew up. And I think that people that like metal like that especially that 80s thrash that are really going to appreciate this, man. Um, I took a whole bunch of notes for this, and now I realize that I probably am not going to be able to say half of this stuff. But I will say that if you like that type of music, this is, this is, it's a beautiful story. It's really cool. I mean, you're not going to come out of it moved or anything like that, although they do pay a lot of attention to like Cliff Burton's death. And then the original singer of Exodus, his name was Paul Bailoff, and they, they talk about that too. So there's a few emotional mo- uh, moments in it, rather. But it, this, I, I guess I could just say this was right up my alley. Like I, I read the book many years ago and it's mostly, you know, like a picture book, but it does have these little stories that go with it. And what's great about this one is that like they were, all these pictures were pretty much taken by the same person. So all the shots look the same and you just get these great, like little views into their lives. Like they talk about how they would just go and like the rock and roll side of shit, they would thrash their own house. They would have these massive parties. When Metallica got huge, they played this show called Day on the Green. And that was kind of like the the pinnacle moment. Like that's when they went, oh shit, like our little group of bands is way bigger than we expected now because now they're playing at the Oakland Coliseum. It's, it's, a, it's a show that's hosted by, by uh, Bill Graham at the time. He was the big, you know, the big promoter. Mm-hmm. And anyway, they play the show and that's when like everything just goes big for them they go backstage and there's still these little assholes that have been used to like getting drunk and thrashing things. And they, and they just yeah. completely fuck up their trailer, their dressing room trailer. And the next day James wakes up, James Hetfield wakes up and he gets a call and uh, it's Bill Graham basically going, look, you got to come down here. We got to talk this out. So like the man called him out, brought him down, sat him there. And is like, look, I see the path that you guys are going on and it's not a good path. Like I told this same story I'm about to tell you to Sid Vicious and to Keith Moon and they didn't listen. So maybe you'll listen. Did they listen? Well, eventually. <laughs> okay, I was, I was like, I remember <laughs> them being pretty, uh, like a rowdy band. When I say eventually, it's just that now we're, you know, like they'll interview James Hetfield now. And yes, he he has that insight now. And he's like, I never got a chance to thank the guy. 
I never got a chance to really, I wasn't mature enough to really know what he was talking about, but James having his own problem, James, like I know him, James Hetfield having his own problems, you know, he, he had rehab twice in his career. He's a changed person now. And, you know, so you're, you're looking through the eyes of someone that has experience and, and pain behind him and healing and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's an interesting contrast to see like where Metallica is versus some of the other guys that are still kind of there. Like they're, they're older. They're our age. They're a little bit older than us. They have nice lives. They're still playing in all these bands that are still out there. They're still there. And that's the crazy part about it. But like you, you see like who got more successful and you can kind of tell who lived a better life. Like James just looks healthier than the rest of them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So they still look like they just walked out of the bar, but they talk about when, this. Well, go ahead. No, I was wondering when they said that they had just that little spark that's extra. When you're watching the comparisons, did you see the spark? Not knowing, I did. imagining putting Metallica out of your brain. You yeah. saw it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I saw it back then. Oh, that's interesting. But okay. see, I didn't get into Metallica until 86. So all this stuff is happening like, you know, prior to that. When I caught start? the second wave. Like when when, when uh, Master of Puppets came out, that's when I came on to Metallica. Oh, and then I started okay. doing all of my back homework. You know what I'm saying? Okay. 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 So they started, wh- what year are we looking? Circa what? Did Metallica really start like, hey, let's get together and make a band? I think around 83. Jesus. Yeah. They were in the LA scene and and getting back to like those poser bands as they called them. That's all that was in LA at the time. So they were like not really, Lars Ulrich was great with um, marketing. So he was able to get them some really big shows for them anyway, but they just really couldn't pop in LA because they, they were fighting against that scene. So when they found out their tape basically makes it to the Bay area and they're like, Oh, there's a whole other world over there. So they go to the Bay area and they start playing there. And that's when they have Dave Mustaine with them. Who's now in Megadeth, of course. And they just, they just annihilate everybody. Everyone's like, Oh shit. Like we need to step our game up now. And you can really see that. I think, I mean, they were just better showmen in my opinion. Okay, yeah. that's totally fair. That's t- now, who, who, in your opinion, who's made more money, Megadeth or them? Oh, Metallica by far, by far. Really? Yeah, but when you know, I don't really want to. I mean, there's a lot of Metallica. No, not comparison. Not, not comparison. But I'm saying, like, what other? I would. I just want to watch the movie to be like, what other bands came out of Oak? I didn't know the Bay Area was like a thing. So oh, I want to look it at was other the mecca bands. of metal back then, dude. That is so interesting, dude. Yeah, for real. Like it's it's a real. I think you're gonna like this. And I know I was trying to sell it to you the other day, and I didn't get a chance to get it over to you. Um, I've since purchased it because I know I'll watch it again. It's just it's one of those docs that I yeah. you know, I know I'm going to watch it because it's like from my time. You know, <laughs> I was like I was yeah. there to some degree. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's just phenomenal. And I think you'll even though it's not so technical, I really yeah. think you're going to appreciate this. It's going to be enjoyable because I did remember I told you I loved some kind of monster. Yeah. But that was way more technical. Right. They were like in there. Yeah, there was a lot of technicality where I'm just like, this is what a documentary on in like on a different side of music. This is what I like hearing how they're doing stuff. But uh, and there was some drama put in there, too. But I would like to hear other bands and figure out like, you know, I want to know what bands did, what, who did what, who exploded, who didn't, what they're doing now, that whole thing. Yeah, you get all of that in this one. And the jealousy. I'm sure there's some jealousy somewhere. No, right? man. There was camaraderie. Really? I mean, I think there I'm was competition. Now, there's competition. Like now. Well, a little. Put it this way. Okay. If it's there, they're not, that's not that's something it. that okay, they're, cool. they're putting cool. in the movie. You know what I mean? Okay, cool. Cool. I'm with you. But right, I'm, I'm in it. Yeah. It talks I'm about the it. formation of Slayer. Um, it talks about a little bit about Anthrax. But what I really appreciated about this is because they were kind of like the unsung heroes. There are a lot of Exodus fans out there, but Exodus never, have you heard of Exodus? Uh, yeah, great Bob Marley song, right? Exactly. You know what I'm saying. Okay, cool. That's yes. not one of the household names. 
You have heard of Anthrax. You have heard of Slayers. Yes. Friend. You have heard yes. of Megadeth, right? Yes. Yes. Even not knowing the music, I've heard of these people. Exactly. Yeah. It's in the zeitgeist, if you will. Yes. But Exodus kind of isn't. And, but they're still around. But the thing is, is that they just never really, like, even in the, in the movie, they talk about their first album, which was called Bonded by Blood. I know it's, it, all the albums sounded ridiculous back then. I mean, everything was like, you know, hell awaits and <laughs> all this stupid show no mercy, kill them all. It was very, you know, they, they were going for a certain thing. And they talk about all that shit too. Um, you know, how they, they, like Slayer came in and Slayer is like one of the, the big four, as they call them, right? They're like the, the big daddies of the crew. There was Slayer. Anthrax, Megadeth, and Metallica. Those were the big four. They even had a concert played called the Big Four. But when Slayer came down from Los Angeles to play for these guys, there was this place called Ruthie's Inn. And I believe it was in Oakland. I want to say it was in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And if you could play there and survive, you basically could, be, like, they'd let you into the family. If you didn't, they may destroy all of your shit. It was a vicious, vicious crowd. These people were seriously, they were very serious about their music. I'll just say that. But Slayer shows up and they kill it. But the problem is, is that they have like eyeliner on and stuff. So they pull them aside. They're like, hey, you know, great show, like your music. But if you try to pull that like eyeliner shit in here, you're going to get fucked up. <laughs> they just told them straight up. Because it's not like it wasn't a homophobic thing. It was just they were trying to keep their scene pure of all that shit that was happening in L.A., all that glam stuff. Yeah. So they were very protective of their scene. I'm not going to say that there's not a bunch of guys in this movie where you're like, oh, man, I bet you they were assholes at the time. But they were having fun and they were they were growing together and they were like, that's cool. You know, as they put it, they stood on the backs of giants and they made their own sound. I love that's the way cool. they put that. But I, I highly recommend this movie. I'm telling everybody about it. Even if you don't like thrash metal or maybe you're just interested, you like a good documentary. Check this one out. Like I said, it's available. You can get it on any streaming platform right now. And it's really cheap. I think it's only like. I think it's like 10 bucks if you want to buy it. And I think it's like three bucks if you want to rent it. Uh, this one, though, this one right here, I'm giving a five out of five horns. I love it. Classic, no less. Look yeah. at this guy. Five horns, baby. Um, what, what's the difference between, is, is thrash a certain sort of metal? Yeah, thrash okay, is cool. more. All right, just make it like, sure. uh, You've heard of speed metal? No. Okay, it's that, Steve. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was very I fast, wanted, very I brutal. make sure it's a different style. This is where mosh pits formed. You know, this was, it was a. Uh, it was a big part of the scene in the eighties and it's just its own little world and it still exists to this day. I mean, it's, it's a, I don't think that they're ever going to capture that magic again. I'm sort of removed from the metal scene, but like, I just don't think that that is going to ever happen again. Like there's going to have to be a whole new style of music that comes out to capture the energy that was going on with this. It's really, it's a beautiful story. And when I say beautiful, I just mean to me, like it was really cool to go back and, and see how like these bands that I worshipped back then, how they all formed and how, hey, guess what? I know it sounds kind of silly, but it's like, oh, they were just like me, you know, <laughs> they were able to yeah. do this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, anyone that's our age, I think that listen to that kind of music or is just even into like those bands, you're really, really going to appreciate this one. It's excellent. That's dope, dude. I'm, I'm going to, uh, you said you bought it? Yeah, I bought it. Might have, might have to borrow that from you, Jay. Yeah, I got a copy ready for you. Do you really? Yeah, I know a guy. All right. So, yeah, I definitely I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. Um, so the next thing I saw, it was pretty fun, especially for this week. It's a black skit of like a, a skit comedy called The Astronomy Club. It's fun. Netflix, it's, right? Yes. Okay. And it's it's funny. They, they have I told Dan about I don't want to ruin it for you guys, but it's a bunch of stuff where it's like, oh, that's hilarious. It's it's a you could tell that these are young cats that just put together something. Kenya Barris produced it. And you know, like he did. He should just stick to that. Just do that. Just produce, produce stuff <laughs> and don't star in it. And it's just these guys, these uh, 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 young 
uh, black kids just making a freaking funny show. And I there's one skit where all you have to do is called What You Should Have Done, and all the men have to do is not reply, and they win the money. And they're like, so we're up to $300 million, but men have to, they just keep on hitting the button. So she's like, one day I went to a club and I got roofied and the, the person just hits the button. Well, what you should have done. She's like, all you have to do is just not say anything and you'll win all this money. And she's like, okay. And the next one person's like, so I asked for a raise and the men make more than me. He's like, Can't, what you should have done. What? Like that. It is like, oh, this is so total cool. play on, so, on mansplaining. Total play on mansplaining. And there's a really good skit about Chucky I told Dan about already. So check it out. If you're in the mood to laugh and and just some smart, fun skits, not everyone is a ballpark hitter, but a lot of them are really fun. It's the Astronomy Club. I haven't finished it, so I can't rate it yet. But it's the Astronomy Club on Netflix. Check it out when you get a chance. Not even rating it, huh? Just really, uh-huh. really just doing exactly what you said. I you. can't. I can't rate it because I haven't watched all of them. I because sometimes you can't even give us a a temporary rating temporary rating 2.5 okay all right right down the middle funny okay you're really just pushing for the excellence today huh hey look I'm just letting you know (laughs) hey real quick I forgot real quick I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one but I watched the it's on ESPN it's called Be Water 30 for 30 Bruce Lee Be Water it debuted on June 7th at 9 p.m. folks it was a great time everyone was watching and um it was awesome basically this is a documentary about Bruce Lee. I love, I fucking love Bruce Lee. You got to understand that I really, really love yeah, Bruce you're Lee. Into him, man. So I'll just read you the, the IMDb synopsis. But rejected by Hollywood, Bruce Lee returned to Hong Kong to complete four films, charting his struggles in two worlds. B Water explores questions of identity and representation through rare archive, intimate interviews, and his writings. So, yeah. That's pretty much it. It tells basically the whole life story of Bruce Lee all the way up until the point of his death. I won't spend a lot of time on it. Just watch this movie. If you like Bruce Lee, it's dope. Uh, it's it's very interesting. I've seen a lot of Bruce Lee documentaries, so I will say that there really wasn't anything in this one that I didn't already know. Of course not. But there's some great insight and some really great footage of Bruce Lee. Like he was so charismatic and he, he's like a handsome dude. And it shows him how like what I really liked about it was like when he was doing um he was he was acting in Hollywood and he was doing the Green Hornet as Cato, right? Yeah, it was really cool to see. Like, I know you've said this about like when Black Panther came out, there was no Asian representation mm-hmm. in Hollywood. And if there was what it was is if you were playing an Asian and you were Asian, that would be the day because they had people like Mickey Rooney. Yeah. Doing these terribly racist impersonations of Chinese people on a breakfast at Tiffany's. You know, they had all white guys were basically playing Asian guys and Asian guys couldn't get these parts because they. They, they, you know, they just didn't think that they, they fit well. Like the, the American yeah. people would go through. There's a lot of systemic racism going on in this movie is basically what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. But when he did Cato, it was cool because a lot of kids saw themselves in Cato. And that's yeah. where it kind of began. You know, that's what gave him that boost. And even though, and the, after Cato, he just couldn't find a part, man. He just couldn't, they just kept wanting him to stay in his Asian guy lane. You know, and they didn't appreciate him for what he was. They didn't think that he had the talent to be a, a true leading actor. So his ass moves back to Hong Kong, kills it with four movies all the way up to the game of death. And that's when America goes, oh, hey, I smell money. <laughs> so they call him of back course. over and he makes Enter the Dragon. And unfortunately, he never got a chance to even see his own movie because he died not on the set, but he died while filming the movie. Not literally, of course. He had a complaint of a headache. He went over to a friend's house. This part's a little controversial because there is some 
some hints that maybe he was having an affair with one of the actresses in the movie. That's that's just, you know, it's alleged. I don't know. But he ends up, uh, he's complaining of a headache. She gives him some kind of pill. He never wakes up. And that's the story of Bruce Lee. But it's excellent. And if you haven't seen too many Bruce Lee documentaries, I think this is the one that you should start with. I think, you know, be- being that I've said, I've seen so many, I was like, oh yeah, seen this, seen this, seen this. But if you don't know that much about Bruce Lee, this is kind of like all of that in one done in a very, it's like an hour and 45 minutes long. There's really no filler in it. It's just a straight shot story of Bruce Lee, and it's excellent. And I will give this one a four and a half out of five as well, Steve. Dope. Four and a half out of five key eyes. You grew up with you grew up watching Bruce Lee, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was pretty much dead by by the time I was born because I think, uh, yeah, I think when did he die? I want to say it was like 1972, if I'm not mistaken, or 73. So yeah, it's you know, but I but my uncles were all into Bruce Lee and they're the ones that turned me on to it. They were all into karate and my uncle was a black belt and he worshiped Bruce Lee. Therefore, okay. I worship Bruce Lee because I worship my uncle. That's how it worked. So you would say that you watched Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee like when you were younger? Oh yeah. All that shit. I used to watch Black Belt Theater and you know, Game of Death, the big brawl, Fist of Fury, all of them. When Kareem, Kareem was in Game of Death. Yeah. That was, yeah. But also this talk, speaking of Kareem, this tells like like when he was trying to make money, he wasn't really he had schools and stuff that were okay. Some of them were, you know, he was like doing it out in like on the, in a park, just trying to make money to survive. But then he started making some good money because it was people like Steve McQueen and Kareem that wanted to have him teach them just for the sake of going, Bruce Lee taught me. It was really what it was, but that made him a lot of extra money too. So you, you see all that stuff in there. I, I, I'm kind of regretting talking as fast about this one. Cause I know we got something that we're going to do right now before we sign off. So let's go ahead and get to that. Let's do it. So, uh, as you were watching these Bruce Lee films, I'm sure that you were listening to some cool music when you were younger. Yeah, kind I don't do those at the same about, time. Bro. I don't do that at the same time, Steve. But I do. You know what I'm saying? That's why you can't I concentrate. fight and listen to music. Okay. Maybe you this is don't. That's you, you... how you kill your kangaroos? Okay, listen. You keep on making fun. You keep on until one day we're in the woods and they're like, oh, there's a kangaroo. I'm like, <laughs> oh, who's laughing now? Who's <laughs> laughing now? <laughs> I put on me my around, headphones. Don't you? Put on my headphones, put on some NWA, handle that business. Handle that business. Anyway, uh, Dan brought up an excellent segment called Tracks to the Future that I had totally forgot about. Dan, explain it to the listener. Oh, sure, Steve. Basically, what we do is we text each other about two nights before and go, hey, let's think of a segment. And this is the segment. We've done this one before. <laughs> Tracks to the Future basically is we pick a song, we pick a year. What were we doing at that time? What was the song we were listening to? What was our mind frame? You know what I mean? And that's why we call it Tracks to the Future. I love that. Steve, you're up, buddy. What's the year we picked? We picked 1993. That's right. We did. Good job, buddy. Just making sure you were paying attention. Let's start off with you, man. Well, while Dan was over there watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, your boy, (laughs) your boy was listening to a little track called Who Am I? Bye, Snoop Dogg! All day, baby. Holy cow. 93! Oh, oh my god! <laughs> How good was Dr. Dre? Dude, this is the sound of 1993 right here. Holy cow. How often was this song on, dude? Like... I, I mean, I'm I'm sure they played this song probably four times an hour, easily. Like it was every 15 easily. minutes they were busting the song out. It, I mean, Snoop, Snoop blew up the building, bro. 
Like, we didn't think that the Chronic could be, like, this could be any better than the Chronic. Some people would argue that it's close. That's crazy. Would you? No. Me neither. But this is a great I think song. It's a, it's a fantastic <laughs> album. Fantastic. I just think the groundbreaking quality of the Chronic is a different thing. Yeah, now, now, music to music, it might be better. Musically, it might be better. Well, it's like, it's still Dre. So Dre just went, okay, yeah. what worked? Let me do that. Yeah. And let me do it better. Exactly. Yeah, he That's learned it. how to mix things better. He learned how to do th- so it sounds bigger. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, dude, come on, that song is crazy. But like, I'm gonna turn it down for just a second. Like, yeah. What was cool about that is that you know Snoop was at that point really only seen with Dre. So there was like a what was it? A deep cover. One eight seven on an undercover cop. That song, and then of course, and then of course, nothing but a G thing. So G. You know, he had something exactly a G thing to be. Precisely. I like what you did. I, I got you. You know what I'm saying? But like, Very, you know, that that was a make or break moment because he really was just sort of on Dre's shoulders riding this song and riding the wave. And so he had something to prove on this one. And I think he did an excellent job. I do not think this album is better than The Chronic. But I think that Snoop, this is probably the best, the absolute best he could have done at that time with what we were listening to and what the vibe was you know what the west coast music sound was like like this was a huge part of that you know what i mean and so this was a this was a smash fucking debut album he killed it, it. A, um, and, the, and the thing is it was such a big debut out i remember uh jay-z had a uh, a line where he's like things ain't been the same since snoop came in and wrecked the building meaning in new york they had to do catch-up because of snoop they're like this dude is taking over the world his sound is taking over the world and I was like, yeah, because it's something we never heard. We never heard a voice like his, and we never had production like that. It was just a brand new thing. And so that's all, like, I listened to Doggy Saw that whole year. Pretty much back to back to back to back to back to back. That's what I listened to. I listened to a lot of it, too. Uh, mine, was that, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on that's your it. words, sir. No, was that's that it? it? That's yeah. it. That's it a lovely classic. story. Yeah. I like that. What was going on in your life, though, at the time? Um, uh, I know that like I was a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't quite understand who I was quite yet. And seeing Snoop and these folks that look like me making amazing music just was everything. I'm like, oh, we're doing that. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Now, being that this is actually called Tracks to the Future. Did that song help form you at all? Yes. That whole album did. Like the he, that's one of the reasons why. Like, if I make music, a lot of times I start with the drum and the bass. Boom! Uh, like before you drop in everything else, it's because of Doggy Style. A lot yeah. of it's because of that. Because Dre knows how to build. Even the um, what's my name just now? But on, but on, but on, but on, but on, but like before he even drops, you're like, oh snap, it's about to happen. He he got an intro before the music starts. It doesn't just fade in. It, I mean, there's this, ma- it, Dre knows how to build a song before someone. So yeah, I learned a lot of that from uh, Dr. Dre. I mean, even NWA, you know, uh, um, that uh, Straight Outta Compton, the intro for Straight Outta Compton is like a few, ah, oh, yeah, oh, you're like, it's this Straight Outta Compton, like, it's like, whoa, <laughs> what just happened? Like, Dre is the greatest, like, he's one of the greatest intros. Yeah. Like, and so, yeah, dude, I took so much from him, man. Was that the video Dre, where John Witherspoon was like, is that dog in there? 
Yep. And then he tra- <laughs> and remember he transforms into a, a Doberman pincher and everybody's like, oh yeah, that's not much of a transformation. Yeah. He looks like a Doberman pincher. <laughs> I forgot about he that. He looked like, yeah, he looks just like a Doberman pincher. Everybody's like, yeah, the, you kind of put your hat a little differently and you're a Doberman. Game over. He looks a like a Doberman. That's hilarious, man. He totally does. So what you got, man? I, what, what were you doing? Set this up. What are you doing in 93? 1993. I was falling in love, dude. I'll be honest with you. I was, uh, I, Gail and I had broken up for a while and we had just gotten back together in 93. She's living in San Luis Obispo. Uh, going it, on, Gail, we're chilling together. What's up? Yeah. You guys were like right next to each other. You didn't even know. That's <laughs> we crazy. Really were actually. Yeah. That'd we, be weird. We definitely Wouldn't that have been hat. weird if you like dated her or something like that? What was her last name? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, you know, that's what she was doing. She was living in San Luis Obispo. We had just started talking again. So I was visiting her and it was one of those times dude, where like, we still had all of our high school friends. We were a real tight crew. You know what I mean? Like there was a bunch of us that hung out together all the time. So I still had all that. I was falling in love. It's like the first time I really felt like I was like, I thought I was in love with her the first time, but I knew I was in love with her this time. And that whole year was just like the super chill year of us finding each other and like really, really bonding. Like that year was what really made us. I think that's why I can still talk about it right now that I'm married with her. Cause that was that year. Like that first formative year, dude, if it doesn't work out, shit ain't happening. Right. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. And that, that, so there was just something magical about 93, dude. I am that guy now that I'm older. That's like, I wish I could go back to the nineties, man. Cause the nineties were great. You know what? The nineties were fucking great. Great music. It was fun. Good vibe. It was, it was perfect. So anyway, my track for tracks of the future, bro. Is something that we fell in love to. Uh, this oh, was one of my favorite. Oh, I can't wait. It's not, like, it's not a let me lick you up and down. It's nothing like that. But yeah, it does right, kind of right, have yeah. that chill vibe. Uh, this was a song Woo! that we used to listen to all the time. The album Don't that tell we, me. Let me hear it. Don't tell me. I, I, wanna, I can't wait to hear it. All right. Well, anyway, the album. You want to know the album it's off of? Sure. The album that we listened to nonstop that year was Midnight Marauders. And the song oh, that we listened to all the time together when we were driving, like we'd be driving on the coast and I'd just be looking at her and shit. And this is what was on. Uh, 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 uh. Just driving down the grade near San Luis Obispo, maybe going to Pismo or some shit. I don't know. Maybe we're going to go Cambria. I don't know what we're going to do. But I'm like, girl, when we get back. Oh, never mind. I won't tell that story. But this is what it was, bro. Electric relaxation. And there was something so fucking smooth about Tribe Called Quest back then. Like this, I think, I don't know if it's my favorite Tribe album, but this, yeah. I think, was like their smoothest album. You know what I mean? I mean, people consider All the fucking bad. jazz that they did in this one. Then Five comes in, he's like, I like him brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, a Haitian. Name Five Dog from the Zulu. Now, I'm not going to say that part, but you know what I'm saying, dude? That shit. Wow. That album. Q-Tip, dog. There was something about the smoothness of Q-Tip. Like, and he was, even though like a lot of people, everyone knew who Q-Tip was, but like he, he gained this little bit of extra popularity when D-Light came out with Grievous in the Heart and he did that little freestyle thing on there. Don't, not everybody, we did. Not everybody knew what Q-Tip, who Q-Tip was, G. We did. Not a lot of people, bro. You know, I guess I say everybody because all of my friends Exactly. Were to try, like not a lot of people know. knew uh, that's, I mean, dude, that brings back, like, when you started playing it, I was like, I knew exactly where I was. 
Yeah. Exactly what that's a great song choice. We spent and I'm not trying to be stupid when I say this, but we spent hours, hours and hours in her bedroom just playing that shit and just, you know, oh, falling in love, dude. And it was like a great it was like one of the it was maybe the best time of my life. As far as like my youth goes, dude. That's just, I, I I felt like I was becoming a man. Mm-hmm. I knew I had found someone that like I had no doubt I was gonna marry this woman. You know what I mean? And it was just like it was just like the it was fucking great. I just I look back on those times so fondly. And whenever I do, there are certain songs that pop out, uh, certain groups that we listen to. But that particular song is like a perfect representation of my of the vibe that we were experiencing, dude, back in '93. Yeah. That's my track for Tracks of the Future, Steve. There's a song actually from that album that I played nonstop that year. Oh. We on a war tour with Muhammad, my man, mm-hmm. coming to every place with the mic in my hand. New that whole album. <laughs> that song was great because it had daylight on it. And I was like, my two best groups are in one. We on a war. But remember, they had the, gee, when they had the, I mean, dude, the Jungle Brothers, man, what are you going to do? All of that, that whole crew was just unstoppable with daylight, Q Tip, or a Tribe Called Quest. Buster Rhymes, Leaders of the New, like that whole conglomerate. That's a great pick, dude. That's a great pick. Whenever, because like when we were at parties or something and that shit came on, everyone would stop when they'd hear something like, as soon as that came on, uh (laughs) uh-oh. Everyone was fucking ready to do it. Everyone started dancing and shit. Fife was the man. He just came in like this. Linden Boulevard represent, represent, Zen Tribe Core Quest represent, represent, Zen. The mic is in my hand. I'm never hesitant. My favorite jam back in the day was Eric B for president. If I, if I want to have everyone shut up in my, like with the homies, if I put on scenario, all of us start rapping the scenario. Of like course. even if we're just having a conversation and I just put that on. Like they're going, dude. Who was your favorite? Like who did you Busta. who did you like rapping? Busta, Busta, man. On scenario, yeah. I heard you bust and bust and attack. As I come, oh wait, that's right, that's right. As I come by, all the free from mine. Come rewind. Oh, good. Have you seen that live performance on Arsenio for Arsenio's last show? They no, all I reunite and do scenario. Oh my god! But anyway, I'm, I'm watching that, that shit. Now. We are leaving on a high note, baby. We're leaving on a goddamn high note, and I'm sorry that we have to leave you so soon. I'm going to take the blame on this one. I got shit to do at my house, but I just want you guys to know, I feel revived, man. I don't know what it was. I think we needed to talk it out, dude. You know what I'm saying? Talk what? I think Patreon changed me a little bit, dude. That's good. Our conversation gave me a better understanding into the minus T Hudson. I feel better. I feel like I am ready to kick this year's ass now. I'm sick of the year kicking our ass. Quite Let's frankly. rock and roll, man. You know what I'm saying? Yes, we, Big things, yes, folks. Yes. Big fucking things. So why don't you go ahead and take us out, Steve, and we'll just call this a show. Ladies and gentlemen, the next one you're going to hear is that awesome Daniel Ramirez, but I'm going to tell you that I love you guys. We had a great time. Uh, if you have a chance, go ahead and put on uh, uh, the whole Midnight Marauders. Check out all of, Snoo- uh, all of uh, Doggy Style and check out The Chronic if you've never listened to it. Because if you've never listened to The Chronic, Listen, love you guys. Peace. He's absolutely right. Like if you haven't heard, <laughs> if you haven't heard Midnight Marauders, Jesus. the chronic. <laughs> Those three. I don't know who you are, but like, I just want you to know that you're welcome. You're welcome. You can thank us for that shit. My name is Dan Ramirez. You guys, I think I've had a blast this episode. Really. I have Steve. I felt good. I don't want to stop, but I absolutely have to. And with that, 
I'm going to tell you folks, we'll be back next week. Expect another Patreon episode coming out soon. Hey, check out our new logo online, buy a shirt, do whatever you want, but hit us up with some voicemails and please hook us up with some iTunes reviews. I don't like to ask for that stuff a lot, but we could really use those right now. So if you don't mind, head over to iTunes. Even if you don't have it, it's cool. Just register and leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you want from us. Maybe we'll listen. Maybe we won't. Really, here's a noise. and We're kind of stubborn that way. People, be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace. (laughs) 